Hi, Oddings. Do you want to hear something thrilling? Starting Wednesday, August 21st, don't miss the return of Ghost Hunters at 9 p.m., followed by Psychic Kids at 10 p.m. on A&E. Ghost Hunters returns to television 15 years after introducing the world to the fields of authentic paranormal investigation. The series that terrified and captivated fans for 11 seasons will follow one of the original team leaders, Grant Wilson, and his hand-picked group of professional ghost hunters as they use their decades of field experience to investigate hauntings across the country. Engaging forensic experts, historical records, and the most innovative technology available, the new squad will help everyday people who are struggling with unexplained supernatural phenomena. Psychic Kids will follow Ghost Hunters with all new episodes featuring past Psychic Kids from the original show who are returning as successful adults to empower a new generation of young psychics. They will spend time with the children and their families to assist them in taking control of their paranormal abilities, as well as showing them the remarkable power of their immense gifts. Be sure to tune in to A&E as the network returns to paranormal programming on Wednesday, August 21st with Ghost Hunters at 9 p.m. and Psychic Kids at 10 p.m. Hi, Oddings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. Witches and witchcraft have become more mainstream over the years and therefore have become more understood. But even though there are lots of good witches, there are still those out there who use their power for evil. First, we'll hear the legend of Upper and Lower Melinda, then, we'll learn an old folk tale about a family of witches and a giant troll. And finally, we'll try to stop the hex placed on a woman by her former employee. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then, I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarl. So, want to hear something scary? Upper and Lower Melinda. The following story was inspired by a submission from Sophie. I lived in a small town. Like most small towns, it had its fair share of urban legends. The one that fascinated me the most was the legend of Upper and Lower Melinda. Back in the 1800s, when the town was first founded, Melinda was a woman who was accused of being a witch. One day, Melinda's home was broken into by an angry mob of townsfolk. They grabbed her, tied her hands, and dragged her from her house to the center of town, all the while she kicked and screamed, insisting she was innocent. When they reached the gallows, the executioner tied a noose around her neck. Any last words? Yes, she said. Mark my words, you are making a huge mistake. And as long as the two halves of my body touch, the people of this town will be forever cursed. Shouts erupted from the crowd as Melinda was strung up and took her final breath. Typically in this town, when a woman was hung for being a witch, 
Her body was then cut in half. The town's elders believed this stopped the spread of dark magic that may have prevented the witch from being killed. Terrified of her curse, the townsfolk then buried the two halves of her body far away from each other. The upper half of her body was buried on the edge of town, but her lower half was buried in a secret location unknown to anyone except the person who buried it. Now, about 200 years later, the whereabouts of her lower half are still unknown. Some people believe it's because whenever you visit Upper Melinda's resting place, her lower half crawls closer and closer to it. I wasn't sure if I believed any of this, but I love a good spooky legend. So one fall afternoon, I decided to pay a visit to Upper Melinda to see if there really was a marked grave. I traveled to the old abandoned barn all the way at the edge of town. As soon as I reached the tomb, the clear autumn sky turned dark and gray. The breeze quickly gained speed and swirled around her, and I could have sworn I heard the wind sound like a whisper. You set me free. Then everything returned to the way it was. I thought it was such a creepy coincidence. The next morning, my alarm didn't go off, so I woke up late. I realized that I had missed my bus, so my mom offered to take me to school. When we got there, we learned that the bus I was supposed to be on was in an accident. Apparently, the bus driver had forgotten to take his insulin that morning and went into shock behind the wheel, causing the bus to crash. Several students were seriously injured and one was killed. I felt horrible, but also very lucky. And over the next month, strange things kept happening all over town. Car accidents, house fires, power outages. Everyone around me was either getting horribly injured or brutally murdered. But somehow, I was immune to all the bad luck. Then I remembered the night I visited Upper Melinda. The legend. The voice. You set me free. I was the final visit that brought Melinda's two halves back together. And now, everyone in town was cursed, except for me. I should be happy that nothing bad is going to happen to me, but I'm not. I still have to watch my loved ones suffer and die gruesome, unjustified deaths. And that was its own curse. Let me tell you about a very sweet deal. Honey is a free browser extension that scans the web for coupon codes and discounts while you shop online. It works on over 20,000 sites like Amazon, Best Buy, Target, and more. It seriously just takes two clicks to install and you're ready to save. Honey recently saved me $15 on a new microphone stand, and I didn't even have to do anything. But instead of taking my word for it, listen to what actual users have to say. Love Honey. Heard about it through a podcast and I finally caved after hearing their sponsored ads so many times. I cannot believe I haven't used it earlier. So useful and has saved me so much money since I installed it. Was an idiot not to install it before. I know you listen to a lot of scary stories, so you're probably a little skeptical, right? Like, honey sounds too good to be true, but what's the catch? Well, this is how it works. When you use a coupon provided by Honey, they earn a small commission from the merchant, and they pass along some of the savings to their members. So it's a win-win for everybody. 
Look, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Don't take it from me, take it from our listeners. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com SS. That's joinhoney.com SS. Honey, online savings simplified. And now, more Something Scary. This next story comes from Layla and is a folktale that their grandma would tell them every summer. Once upon a time, there was a family of witches who lived in a cave. They used to live in the nearby village, but many years ago, they were cast out of town. The villagers didn't like them very much. They just didn't understand them and were afraid of magic and witchcraft. But there was one thing the villagers and the witches could agree on. The troll that terrorized the woods surrounding the village had to be stopped. The troll was eight feet tall with a big green stomach the size of a boulder. Hideous red boils and warts covered his face. He ate anything that was foolish enough to get in his way, especially the nearby villagers. The troll loved to play with his food, tearing men apart limb by limb and grinding his teeth on their bodies as they screamed for help. Now, the troll thought he owned the woods, and he didn't like the fact that the witches were living in a cave so close to him. But there wasn't much he could do about it. Whenever he'd see the witches, he'd give chase, but they'd always run back into the safety of their cave. They crawled back into the darkness between the rocks. The troll was too big to follow them inside. He'd stand at the mouth of the cave, and he'd bellow the same thing every day. Witches hiding in the cracks, leave this land and don't come back. If you refuse and choose to stay, know that I will make you pay. Now the witches were afraid of the troll. Everyone was, but they didn't have anywhere else to go. So for a long time, they survived as best as they could. They'd sneak out one by one to get food and fetch the items that they'd use to brew their spells. Whenever they saw him, they'd run back into the darkness as the troll was never smart enough to catch them except for one dark day. One witch ran out of the cave and never came back. One of the sisters roamed the woods looking for food, but found her own sister's body hanging before her, pierced against a tree by her own dislocated bones. The troll would gloat every day from then on that he killed one of theirs, but they never budged out of the cave. The troll got more furious by the day, Soon, he started killing animals and leaving them to rot in the mouth of the cave. Badgers, foxes, birds. When the witches came out the next day and saw this, they were horrified. But they also spotted something else. Something the troll would have never noticed stuck among the blood and broken remains of the bodies was one thick black hair. A hair from the head of the troll. And when the witches saw this, they finally knew what to do. They took the hair and they gathered up some twigs from the forest and wove it all together into a miniature wooden doll. They made it tall and big and ugly. It looked just like the troll. They gathered in a circle to cast a spell, and when they were finished with their magic, they got the doll and took turns sticking pins in it. Pin after pin after pin. By the time they were finished, the thing had over 100 sharp sticks of metal poking into its wooden body. The next day, there was no dead animal outside their cave. There was no sign of the troll at all. The witches went looking for it in the forest, and soon enough, they found some troll's blood staining the ferns by the river. They followed the trail. 
The blood got thicker the further along they went, and the stains grew more frequent and fresh. Finally, in a clearing not far from the village, they found the troll itself. It was slumped in the shade of a giant oak tree, eyes closed, pulling in shallow breath after shallow breath, and it was bleeding from a hundred tiny mouths that had been carved into its green flesh, its black blood leaching out of it in the most slow and painful way imaginable. After seeing how powerful and transformative magic can be, the villagers welcomed the witches into town to celebrate the defeat of the troll. Thank you for sending this story in, Layla. I personally have never heard of this legend, but I think it's pretty cool. And now we've reached our final chapter. This is a true tale from Ava about the time her and her mother were the victims of witchcraft. Last year, I founded two small clothing brands as a family business and really needed a seamstress to help us with the production process of one of the brands. We'd put up job ads for months, but couldn't find a single seamstress who wanted to work full-time from our home office. Early January 2019, however, that finally changed. We told her she was on a three-month trial, and at the end of that period, we'd evaluate her employment. Let's call this woman Mrs. P., she was in her mid-30s, a single mother, and seemed overall normal. And yet I always felt like something wasn't quite right with her. I wasn't alone on this. My mom also felt like there's something off with her. But because I really needed a seamstress, I always brushed that thought away, thinking I just needed more time to get used to her being around the house. Our relationship did not get off to a great start. Her first week with us, she was late every single day. And every morning, it was a different excuse. Her car broke down. There was a lot of traffic. She had to help her kid. I try to be an empathetic boss, but this was getting out of hand. On that Friday, I decided I was going to talk to her about it. But before she arrived, I found a cockroach in our kitchen. And another. And another. Soon, the entire kitchen was flooded with roaches. When Mrs. P finally arrived, we were all so busy trying to get rid of the roaches that I decided to give everyone the day off. The following week, I decided to give Mrs. P the benefit of the doubt. I was willing to give her another chance to prove that she was worth the hire. And that Monday, she arrived on time. Tuesday, she was even early. It was great. Until Wednesday. When she arrived, she asked if she could get an advance on her check. Our family had a strict policy for not lending any employees money, no matter how much the amount is, due to bad past experiences. So I told her we're sorry, but we can't. And she didn't seem too upset at the time. The next day, I got terribly ill. I figured I was overworking myself. I had to pick up the slack that Mrs. P was leaving behind. But that day, I told Mrs. P that she could have a paid day off since I was the one who was sick. But over the next two weeks, every other day I would feel ill, and the next day I'd feel fine. It was confusing as it was exhausting. What was even more frustrating was that Mrs. P would call in sick on the days that I felt fine. I remember thinking this all had to be a very inconvenient coincidence. One day, when I took a short nap after work, even though I was exhausted, I couldn't fall asleep. I was half awake when I felt something around my neck. It felt as if something was choking me, 
I woke up instantly and thought that maybe it was the cross necklace my grandma gave me. I went to the mirror to see if there was any red mark from the necklace, but there was nothing. I decided to take the necklace off for the rest of the night, and yet I could still feel something tight around my neck. I told my sister about it, and she told me to go to the doctor or tell my mom. I didn't want to worry my mom, so I never said anything to her, thinking it would go away the next day. That same night, I woke up gasping for air. I couldn't breathe. All I knew was, there's something piercing my throat and I have to get it out or I won't be able to breathe. I started coughing like crazy, trying to get this thing that I didn't even know what it was out. I had tears in my eyes and I started praying, God help me, I can't breathe, over and over in my mind until a tiny drop of blood came out with my cough. And following it, vomit. After that, I was able to breathe again. The next day, the choking sensation was gone, replaced by an excruciating headache. That evening, I had the most severe headache I've ever had in my life. It was as if there was a hammer constantly hitting the center of my head. It was so bad, my vision went blurry because of the pain. I gulped down another pill and lay on my bed, praying once more to God to let me fall asleep, which I eventually managed to do. But soon the symptoms ceased. No more headache, no more sore throat, no more coughs. It was as if I was recovering at an impossible speed. All of that happened in exactly one week. The next Monday came, and Mrs. P. didn't show up. She texted me and said her father had an accident, and she had to take care of him in the hospital. Tuesday came, no word from Mrs. P. I don't know what had gotten into me that day, but I didn't feel any pity towards her like I usually felt, and I laid her off that Tuesday. I could feel how angry Mrs. P was from her text. She explained how she couldn't come to work because her dad was in the hospital and she'd still very much like to work for us. I explained that due to her work ethic and work quality in this trial period, we had to let her go. After a couple minutes, Mrs. P replied, Okay. That was the end of our troubles. Just kidding, of course not. The following Thursday night, after my mom and I came back from home from our monthly grocery shopping, my mom became really, really ill. My parents' room is upstairs, so I didn't know she was sick until she didn't come down to have dinner with us. My dad told me she suddenly had a severe headache and wanted to rest a while before dinner. Strange, I thought. She was perfectly fine just 30 minutes ago when we arrived home. My dad went back upstairs as soon as he finished his dinner to bring my mom food, so I cleaned the dining table and went to do the dishes. Right when I entered my kitchen, an awful smell lingered all over the place, like a dead, rotten animal was around. I thought, my mom must have forgotten to throw the trash out. But there were no trash bags around. The trash can also had new bags with no litter in it. I checked the leftover food section near the dishwasher in case that was the source, but it was empty. I had to step out of the kitchen to get some fresh air, and that was when my dad came downstairs and asked me, Did Mrs. P contact you again? No, why? I replied. Your mother wanted me to tell you to pray. That all this is Mrs. P's doing. Whatever the hell that means, he chuckled. My dad was never a big believer in superstitions. Before he went back upstairs, however, I asked him, can you go to the kitchen? It smells awful and I can't find the source of the smell. He walked to the kitchen and, to my surprise, he came back and said, I don't smell anything. 
My dad had a great nose. He'd be the first one to complain at the slightest unpleasant scent. Yet, he didn't smell anything. I could feel my heart dropping. This isn't normal. My mind raced. Someone is using black magic against us. The cockroaches, the unusual sickness, the choking, the headache, the rotten smell. Someone is using black magic to curse me and possibly my mom. I did the dishes while repeating the Our Father prayer over and over, earnestly. By the time I finished washing the dishes, the rotten smell was faint. And by the time I turned off the lights in my kitchen, the smell was completely gone. I wanted to see my mom, but I was afraid I'd disturb her since she's a light sleeper. I prayed to God that night to protect my family, to protect my mom from any evil. And with that, I went to sleep. The next morning, I woke up with my mom sitting on my bed. I asked her if she was okay. She felt much better that morning and told me what happened to her the previous night. It was so weird. All of a sudden, I felt there was a hammer hitting the center of my forehead, and I had this unbearable pain radiating all over my head from that center point. I took my headache pills as usual, and I drifted off for a while. When I woke up, my headache was even worse. I was so certain this was Mrs. P's doing, so I asked your dad to pray for me with his hand on top of my head. When we finished praying, the headache was instantly gone, but then I had the most painful stomach ache I ever felt in my life. Soon after, I began throwing up and felt as if someone or something was choking me. I couldn't breathe. Your dad was so scared because my eyes were red and I just kept coughing and throwing up. It was as if there was something stuck and I had to get it out. I fell dead silent. My mom experienced everything that I had for one week, all in one night. I remember I thanked God over and over for keeping her safe. Before my mom left my room, I told her to check the kitchen. There was an awful rotten smell in there yesterday. Hopefully the smell doesn't come back. That was the dead chicken, my mom quickly told me. What? I asked. Your dad didn't smell anything, right? No, I replied. Yep. The shaman that Mrs. P had curse us used dead chicken blood for the spell. She grabbed my hand. Pray. She might be able to get inside the gate, but God will never let her inside this house, not inside this family. Mrs. P must have been really mad at us for firing her until she went to that shaman to curse us, she mumbled as she left my room. I told my boyfriend about all of this, and he asked me if I was sure Mrs. P used witchcraft on us only after she was fired. I asked him, what do you mean? I don't know. You kept telling me all the things you didn't like about her, and yet every time I told you to just fire her and find a new seamstress, you always told me you needed her. Kind of like you were under a spell. Then it all clicked. What if all this time I was under some influence, and all her attempts at hurting us were cut short because of our faith? I've heard that if you perform black magic on someone and it fails, it will come back to you or your loved ones. I thought she was making up excuses to not come to work, but what if her dad really was in an accident because her spells were backfiring? I'll never know for sure, but I do know that I never want to see Mrs. P ever again. Upper and Lower Melinda was inspired by Sophie. Audio for this story edited by Johnny Ashley. All other story scripts edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sandalo. 
Music and audio editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams.